Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. The boys are back in town. I got my man Sia Najah with me. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Uh, you know, I got a question for you, though. Talk to me. So if you are going to kind of represent Major League Baseball and you're going to throw with the Astros, okay? Okay. And you are going to kind of like be like be that sort of tough guy. Like, wouldn't the tougher thing to do to be to like stay on the mound and induce a fight or something like that? You tell me. You're the baseball guy. Yeah, I mean it's it's Joe Kelly's Fight Club, right? So yeah, he um I think he should have uh I think he should have hit somebody. Like if you're going to throw at somebody's head, so first off, I don't condone throwing at anyone's head. Absolutely hit somebody. I'm totally cool if you get some. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, you just said you literally just said he should have hit somebody, and then you just said I don't condone that kind of. I don't condone hitting somebody, throwing at someone's head. I mean, obviously, you know, you're throwing 98 at someone's temple. Like, there's some stuff that can get messed up there. Um, I 100% think he should have hit somebody, though. You can hit someone in the back and leave a mark, and their career is not going to be over. Nothing crazy is going to happen. So I, I do want to say that, and it might be a little um, off-putting for some people. But yes, don't throw at someone's head. 1,000% throw at their back, throw at their ass, throw at their thigh. I don't care. Just leave the head and neck out of it. I think, you know, that's that's one thing we don't really want to mess around with a little bit. But yeah, I agree. I think he should have absolutely hit both of those guys rather than kind of scaring them. I really did like his little, you know, pouty face to Correa and all that stuff. But uh, Joe Kelly is known to be somewhat of an asshole, if I guess I can say that. Uh, so it's really not too surprising. He was the guy that went out. Now, an eight game suspension in a 60 game season, I think, equates to about 22 games. At least that's what the TV tells me. So it's a lot. But yeah, I mean. I kind of wish he hit somebody. <laughs> Fair enough. It is ironic that the smallest guy on like the team basically picked on one of the bigger guys on the other team with, with by by throwing by throwing a baseball at him. Like it's like yeah. the ultimate sucker punch move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's whatever. I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely something, man. I don't know. I uh, again, I'm I'm for it. Um, but. It is what it is. We'll uh, we'll figure it out and we'll move on. But there's a lot of other stuff that we get to talk about today, too. I mean, Jake Grom gave up two runs, so pretty much the entire Mets season's over. So uh, nothing really to, to <laughs> do there. Um, but I'm excited to talk to you about some PGA. We're going to be talking a lot about the PGA. This is mostly a PGA show now, but you and I can't not talk about football, so... I don't care what Jason says. Uh, we're going to do whatever <laughs> the hell we want at that point. So we're going to be grinding some WGC, FedEx, St. Jude, invitational lineups um and then we're going to be talking a little bit about the nfl covid opt-in opt-out situation that's been going on um over there in the nfl with a bunch of people and some surprising names uh no quarterbacks yet so i'm curious if we'll see any quarterbacks come down but um I not think any starting be- quarterbacks yeah exactly yeah exactly uh but we'll see what happens there so yeah man let's get in it so we have the wgc fedex st jude invitational um one thing I've seen that's actually really interesting, and we haven't played with this yet since you and I get to do these um, on a weekly basis, there's mm-hmm. no cut. There's no right. cut for this event, which is pretty weird. So I guess if you don't mind giving us a little bit of like a, a history or a background or a backstory on kind of is, is this a normal event? Does this happen once a year or, or is this kind of something that happens multiple times a year in terms of the no cut aspect? Like how, how do you usually see that and what is that like? Yeah, I think this is a couple times a year. It's just a it's just a special field. It's it's I mean, it's not an invitational, but this happens. You know, th- this is this is one of those tournaments where that's just a thing. Okay. And there's, you know, from a daily fantasy 
standpoint, it's not the greatest thing because you kind of want to have that cut sweat and you kind of want to be like, okay, I survived the cut or, you know, these days it's like I survived the five out of six or, you Mm -hmm. know, like last week, six out of six, I believe was 2%. So, I mean, getting five out of six is sort of like the new standard, the, the new gold standard, if you will. So, you know, not having that, like, it's just, I don't know how fun this one's going to be from a daily fantasy standpoint. I mean, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. And I mean, not only is there no cut, but like, you know, implicitly there's less players too, right? So there's Mm -hmm. 78 players, I believe. So, you know, that kind of lends itself to, you know, not, not as much, you know, variance, not as much variation, not, not as many kind of like low end guys that you can spike, you know, you know, Gronk spike at the, you know, on Sunday. So you know, like I did with Adam Shank. You know, remember, remember last week the uh, the old secret weapon. Um, mm. So yeah, that's that's what we have. It's it's obviously a talented field. It's loaded up top. Um, the the guys down low, some of them are you know, frankly, aren't really that good, and some of them are pretty good. So you know, we'll get into that. And we'll we'll have a secret weapon. Um, you got to grab that in the Discord. Make sure to hop over to the Wind Daily Sports Discord. Everything on Wind Daily, twenty bucks. For a month, you get all the articles, you get all the projection models, you get all of us in the Discord hanging out. MLB's been going crazy. PGA, it's it's going crazy tonight, but the lock's not till 12, so I'm really excited to see what it's like tomorrow mm-hmm. when everyone is like, talking about MLB and we're like, oh, wait a second, we can actually pay PGA. Okay, let's hop over there and see what happens. So I'm excited to see what that looks like tomorrow morning. That should be a lot of fun. What's interesting about that is for the past six weeks, you know, a lot of us have been waking up at, you know, 645 or, or whatever, five minutes or 10 minutes before a lock is to make sure there's not a COVID related withdrawal or something like that. Unfortunately, that really hasn't happened like that first week or second yeah. week. I think there was some some like legit COVID news sort of at the last minute or the last few hours. But uh, we, we haven't had that. So the, the PGA bubble non bubble is actually working quite well. And yet the Miami Marlins, uh, about half of over half of their uh, 30-man squad has, I think it's up to 18 now or 16 with two coaches. So got to love baseball. Got to love baseball. We'll get into maybe a little more Joe Kelly Fight Club and the Marlins later. But <laughs> so I guess in that case, one thing that I read in Patrick Scott's article at DFS, Patrick Scott, make sure to follow him on Twitter. Make sure to hop in the Discord, ask him a lot of questions. You can go read his insight article right now on windowsports.com. One thing that I found really interesting, and, and I, I don't know if you follow this same um, attitude or, or outlook on it. He said, don't play cash games because the whole point of a cash game is if you get six out of six, you're most likely making money but everyone's going to get six out of six. So you're kind of putting up, you know, it's, it's kind of this why bother at that point. And do you, do you feel kind of the same way about this type of tournament? Yes and no. I wouldn't really go that far, but but I understand his point because you're not getting that built-in reassurance that you would normally get on a Friday night. Like, mm-hmm. oh, sweet. I had five out of six that made the cut in my cash game or my heads up match. He only had three out of, three out of six. Like mm-hmm. I can just sort of watch like my team decimate his team Saturday and Sunday. I mean, but, you know, conceptually, you know, if you have, you know, if you're six golfers, if on Friday night, six of them are in the top 20 and the guy you're going against has, you know, a few bottom feeders out there, then you're probably, you know, in in pretty good shape. I mean, six in the top 20 is probably mm-hmm. unrealistic, but you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. you know, it, it, you could make the opposite argument that, that it's more fun because you're going to have that balance of like Saturday and Sunday, just kind of going back and forth like a prize fight. So I, I, to his point though, I'm not, this isn't a week where I'm investing a ton of money uh, relative to, you know, weeks prior. Mm-hmm. So I won't really have much by way of, ca- I might, I might have a couple heads up matchups because I think those are really, really good ideas win or lose. I think they're really good ideas because, you know, you're singling out one opponent and hopefully you're winning, you know, 70% of the time, 65% of the time and slowly building that bankroll for your, you know, your Millie makers or for your single or three max entry tournaments. 
I use my cash games to fund my betting on DraftKings. So I, I make the the five, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks, whatever it is, and then I go lose it. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun that way. I have the I have the system now that I'm working with. Uh, so it's it's working for me. Uh, maybe I'll have to tell you a little bit more on some of these bets because it seems like you're doing a pretty damn good job there too. Before we get into that elite price range, and we'll just kind of go down the yep. list. Do you is there a minimum? Because I don't use DraftKings Sportsbook. That's not the sportsbook I mm. use. Um, do they have a minimum bet? Do you know? Um, I don't know, honestly. I've never tried to do anything like two, three, four bucks. I mean, I put five dollars on games and it, it's fine. Um, if I'm not in that confident, but in that case, for the Barracuda Championship, which I know they have odds for, I need you to put five dollars on the following three guys. Okay. Adam Shank, which should be around sixty to one. Robbie Shelton, who should be around eighty to one. And who was the last guy? Uh, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to think of it later. But I put it on Twitter. Yep. Those three guys. Uh, what the, the? Oh, it's Seamus Power at 100 to one. Seamus. How could you forget Seamus? I know. So put uh put five bucks on each of those three guys. Okay. And and let's hopefully have a sweat on Sunday. Uh, Obviously long yeah. odds, but that's fine. It's these fine. guys have been bucks. These guys have been pretty hot lately, and I think uh, the the number is too high for all of them. I love it. I love it. I will have to. Uh, I'll have to do that at the end of our our stream. I'll put those three five dollar bets in, and we'll uh, maybe win some money. We'll see what happens. There you but go. let's get into it. So as you said, we have about seventy something golfers, seventy eight, seventy six, whatever that number was. Mm-hmm. We're down in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, not too far from Johnson City. I actually don't know. They just talk about it in that uh, one Hootie and the Blowfish song. But let's um <laughs> let's get into it a little bit. Thank you. Did you get that? Did you get that? Oh, reference nice. A little bit? Yeah, Thank I'm you. a big Hootie yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, so let's uh, let's hop into it, man. I mean, let's let's talk about some of those elite guys and you know who where we are, especially again with this really weird field, as you said, it's it's packed up top. So who are you looking at to uh, to to take a couple shares of, and who are you looking to fade a little bit? So in the elite range, so we're talking ten thousand and up, and I'm talking DraftKings prices. But obviously, if you're playing Fanduel, you know you can kind of follow Figure along. It it's pretty similar, yeah, exactly. So you know you got to take a stance on some of these guys. Obviously, they're in an elite class for a reason. So I'm not going to tell you like why Roy McIlroy is a terrible choice. Like that would be silly of me. But the the two guys, I should say, there's really one guy in this range I'm really taking a stand on that I really like is Justin Thomas. But I'll tell you, most of my lineups are actually starting in the nine K range. That's just how I des- I've decided to build most of my lineups is to start somewhere like in that Terrell Hatton, Berger, Simpson, Xander range. But if I was going to pick, and I will have some lines where I pick a guy up top, I'll start with Justin Thomas. And then if I had to pick a second place, it would be Roy McElroy and then John Rahm. I'm fading Bryson. You know, he wasn't great his last time out. Remember, uh, he had that that 10 on a on a pretty easy par five. But that's not why I'm fading him. I just don't think his length is really going to benefit him here. Uh, it's just it's not the type of course where you can bomb it and just, you know, be on in four or, you know, mm-hmm. be on in two. It's just a lot of long par fours. He should be fine. But at, at this price range, I'm going to go for like a classic ball striker. And that's what Justin Thomas is. So I don't need to spend a lot of time in this range. But I would say if I was going to take a couple guys here, I would start with JT and then I'd work my way down to Rory. Maybe a couple shares of Rom, but I'm pretty much avoiding uh, McElroy and Cantley. I can tell you from an ownership standpoint, the only guy that's not really well owned is Bryson. Um, Steven has his article out already, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't had a chance to look at his numbers versus the numbers that I have. His numbers are far more accurate. You can read them on the website, Wind Daily Sports. When I say far more, we're talking a couple of percentage points here and there, but that's still a very important. So um, Bryson is clearly the, the guy that's going to be the contrarian pick, which I know sounds kind of weird. So if if you were trying to go contrarian, Bryson's actually a good way to start there. And I am just looking at this article. 
Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, eleven point five percent owned right now. So that that is just so weird to me, considering how much he's been crushing it. Uh, that even the public isn't that far on him. That's is that alarming to you at all? Not really. I mean, it, you know, the problem here is the public saw Bryson last tournament. He didn't do so well. And then now they see a tournament with John Rahm, who's the number one player in the world now and who won last time he was out. Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas, who is just always going to be that big name who people trust. And he's probably going to be, you know, the most chalky with uh, Rory up here. And Patrick Cantlay, he's going to be a little lower, but like th- there's there's too much to fit in here. And I think mm-hmm. Bryson, because of how he's done the last couple tournaments, and frankly, his iron play hasn't really been that good. So, you know, just like most courses, approach is really important here. And he hasn't really been on point, whereas a guy like JT really has been on point. Cantlay is normally on point. Rory is still considered this godlike figure who, frankly, hasn't really been coming through lately. But he's also on point with his irons usually. So, you know, that that's where we're at. I'm surprised the Bryson number is that low, but it doesn't shock me at all. Yeah, Rory, I mean, this entire, he still hasn't won a tournament, if I'm not mistaken, since uh, the restart. And there's only been a couple where he's even really been in contention on Sunday, it feels like. I I mean, hey, if people are going to take him, people are going to take him. But eventually the dude's going to win. We know how freaking good he is. So it is it is expected at some point. So, yes, I guess you're right about that. But I mean, and and by the way, on Sundays, you know, when he's not in it, he seems to like really not care, which Mm kind of makes sense. Not like. Justin Johnson not care but like (laughs) you know it's that's a different class of not care um but like Rory you know and I don't know I don't want to like go down too too far down like narrative street here but like where's the sound effect can I get a sound effect nice uh but I mean you know this guy is the richest I mean he's he's the richest of them all and I and I just wonder if on Sundays when he's like seven shots back if he's just kind of like why would I be where why would I be stressed out about this? Why would I be intense in a moment like this? And I guess you could say that about a lot of the golfers who were super rich, but Rory seems to kind of just like go through the motions on Sunday when he's out of it. And that would scare me, you mm-hmm. know, when you've got some of these other guys that you can get for a much lower price that will will definitely be dialed in, like a Patrick Reed, for example, who does not let his foot off the gas, you know, those types mm-hmm. of guys who were just yeah. more a Kawa Hovland, who are just constantly pedal to the metal kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. How about pew, 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 pew. Do you like that one? That's for better. Yeah, yeah, that's better. Like, I think, that's I, think better. I like that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It feels like we're telling a story a little bit. And uh, I like it. I think we'll, we'll rock with that moving forward. Let's um, do that. So as as we know now, Sia, this, uh, this show of ours is on Wednesdays because it's going to be very PGA heavy. Sia mm-hmm. and I are already in discussion. We're in contract discussions with Wynn Daily about a second show, though, everybody. Do not worry. We're trying to figure <laughs> something out because we have way too much fun together. So we're going to have to do something. Oh, yes. If, if I may. Should, no, I make, because, should I make the Because you did know. No, no need. Okay. You did leave the show with, you know, we're going to talk PGA and NFL. So we're talking about shows and, you know, once or twice a week, like, let's not forget because this is we're going to get really NFL heavy on Sirius XM this weekend and every weekend, you know, thereafter. So, you know, just to give people like a peek behind the curtain, like there's about eight segments you carve out on each, you know, two hour show, which you have on Saturday and I typically have on Sunday. And what's going to happen is like half of those are going to be NFL intensive is, is my guess. So yes. from a fantasy football standpoint, yes, we're, we're having uh, our win daily live streams with like Nick at six picks and, and other people like during the week, but FYI, Sirius XM fantasy sports channel, 11 to one, you can find us talking a lot of NFL too. A lot of NFL. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And we're going to talk a little NFL later. Don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. We're still here. We're still here. We still love you. Um, all right. So that is the uh, top, top tier range. And just one quick question, I guess, more about the whole field. But as we saw last week, somebody player to be um, uh, player to be unknown, uh, just kind of 
got hurt, give or take question mark, you know, air, air quotes got hurt and took himself out in a field like this. Do you see like this type of invitational? If one of these guys, especially one of these dudes at the top is really just playing pissed or do you think there's anything like that that could potentially happen again? Or do you think they just literally mail it in for Saturday and Sunday and just shoot like 17 over? No, it could absolutely happen, especially with we have a major next week. So you get you get a guy like DJ or let's say a guy like Kevin Na or Jason Day who who classically have these like back injuries mm-hmm. or vertigo or whatever Jason Day has yeah. uh, on any given day. So, yeah, that, that's a worry. And especially with a no cut event. So in a no cut event, you could take a guy at the bottom of the barrel. Let's say a Nick Taylor, who I actually kind of like this week. He's 6,100. You know, you know, you're getting four rounds out of Nick Taylor. I mean, wh- whether he's good or bad, you know, he's yeah. probably going to get your points Saturday and Sunday r- regardless. But I got like Kevin Na might withdraw with a back injury. So that's both good and bad in DFS. It's good because if you play him, you're probably going to be contrarian because most people are afraid of Kevin Na. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are afraid of Jason Day, not because of their skills, but because of their potential to withdraw in a no cut event like that is like your worst case scenario so you can pick up leverage on those people by playing those guys i'll probably be playing jason day fyi but yeah that can happen especially with you know any anybody who tweaks their wrist or anything they're like this is not as important as next week i'm out of here and just uh just for curiosity's sake jason day is at around seven and a half percent owned right now mm-hmm. uh, according to our good friend steven who has some incredible numbers and we appreciate the hell out of him so uh yep. thank you for that i do appreciate it. i always love being educated here on the wind daily show let's pop down one more level so this is the 9k range talk to me here who are some of the golfers we're looking at so i love the first six guys in this range and i hate everybody else and yeah. so Six out of, let's see, there's 10. I mean, that's kind of a lot. So I I do have to narrow it down a little bit. Let me me just start, though, with Webb Simpson and Xander Shoffley. Webb is a really good course fit here. These are the greens he likes to put on. Like, this is like, and by the way, Xander also is a good course fit here. And he's really good at no-cut events for some reason. I think that's kind of a weird narrative to really get into. But Xander can go low any given round. No, no need. Not not right now. Okay. 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 Um, <laughs> that's um, he's a guy that can go low, but he he also tends to have a bad day. But that's not really going to hurt him at a no cut event. So the problem with both of them, though, I'm typically not huge fans of them. But the bigger problem is they're really highly owned. I mean, uh, you know, I, I got to double check with Steven's article, but they're both nearing twenty percent. So uh, who are we talking about? I'm sorry. Uh, Xander Shoffley and Webb Simpson. Um. All right. Let's see. Uh, Simpson. Webb Simpson, we got 17 and 18 and Shoffley's at 20. So Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I'm already out on Xander there because, again, Xander's not really one of my go-to guys in the first place. I understand why people like him, but if he's already like one of the chalkiest guys on – if he's already one of the chalkiest guys like in the whole tournament and I like five other guys in this range, there's no reason to put my eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't, I don't see it. So I'll go right down to Terrell Hatton. Who's, who's definitely going to be lower owned. I, I'm tracking again. These are, these are my numbers pre Steven's article, but they're pretty close. Hatton's at about 13%. Daniel Berger's at about 13%. Both amazing ball strikers. I like them both. Both have been very, very hot this year. I think Hatton's played three tournaments on the year and he's top 10 mm-hmm. to all of them. Yep. Uh, and Berger's been other than a miscut at Memorial, which I kind of give him a pass for memorial was an extremely tough track with tough conditions so you know i might start i'll be honest i might start my teams with hatton some combination of hatton burger morikawa or hovland i might grab two of those guys and then just start working my way down which is a little unorthodox because people typically like to grab an elite guy but I don't think you need to do that here. I don't think the drop off from a guy like Bryson or Cantlay or even Rory right now is that big down to Terrell Hatton, Berger, Morikow, and Hovland. I mean, if you just look at their play the last six, seven weeks, mm-hmm. 
there's just it's not apples and oranges i'm sorry like i know people have like this thing in their mind about how certain golfers are relative to other golfers but that's not the case right now so i'm willing to kind of dip down so that covers kind of more cow and hovland i mean more cow and hovland great ball strikers hovland's a little sketchy around the green that's going to be a little bit of a bigger component but he's been better in that in that area so i'm not too worried about that morikawa's ball striking is amazing his long iron game which is going to be important here and just so you know michael what i mean by that is like Mm -hmm. 175 to 200 yards you know as opposed to like 150 yard um iron which that's going to come into play here because there's a lot of long par fours morikawa just rates so well in that category so i like him a lot so hatton burger morikawa and hovland to that 9k range i will be on very very excited for that i always love seeing morikawa i mean what he's only missed one cut so far right one one cut one mm-hmm. cut it was a couple weeks ago and it wasn't it after it wasn't directly after he uh unfortunately that first event when he just lipped out in the, the playoff but it was soon after and he just didn't look great now mm-hmm. um going back to narrative talk a little bit have any <laughs> have any of these guys been playing like uh like how is is this a tune-up more so for the major that's going to be next week or like how how do you how do you see again playing with narratives <laughs> Like, how, how do you feel like this tournament kind of stacks up in those terms? I think it's a tune-up for some players, but okay. it, it would be almost impossible to determine who those players are. I'll give you a good example. Henrik Stenson, who, by the way, rates out really well in this course, but basically hasn't played this year, or at least not since the restart. You know, this would be a perfect time for him to come back and tune up for a major next week. Tommy Fleetwood only played last week, which he missed the cut. I mean, it, it kind of looked like a tune-up for him, and this might be a continuation of that tune-up you know, this week going into the, to the major next week. So, you know, that I, I don't really, that, that narrative, I'm not really playing with too much. I'm also not messing with the narrative of Brooks Kepa only, you know, competes at majors. He's just sort of sucking right now. And that's just a nice excuse his fans put on him, but that's not really a thing. So yeah, no, I, I see, I see where you're going with that, but it's, it's, it's very hard to narrow the scope mm-hmm. of who those players are. And that makes sense. And uh, I think I just saw something come across the ESPN ticker earlier today talking about when Brooks Kepka gets surgery, not really if. Uh, so, yeah, he's, again, might just be something, you know, he's putting out there because he has sucked and, and Bryson's really become the darling of, you know, big buff golf dudes. But, uh, you know, it is definitely something <laughs> to to pay attention to a little bit. Um, So, uh, as you said, really not paying attention to that top, top level, really going to start grabbing a bunch of dudes in that 9K level. I, I assume there's a couple in the 8K that you're really liking as well. Yeah, I'm starting to warm up to Patrick Reed, although he's getting a little chalky too. He's from last I saw, he was nearing that 20% range, which which I don't love. But I'll tell you, if I go down a little bit, Gary Woodland, I really like. So his ball striking has been pretty good the last two tournaments. He was having a really hard time off this. He, by the way, he didn't do great at the Memorial, but again, I'm giving people a pass for that because the conditions were so tough. So mm-hmm. I like Woodland. He changed his driver. He's been pretty good off the tee since then. That's where he was losing most of his strokes. He's good on approach. He's he's a good putter. Uh, so I, I like him quite a bit at 8,600. The other guys I like in the 8K range, Abraham Answer. Again, he's getting a little chalky too. But I also like Jason Day, who's definitely under 10%. And I really like Sergio Garcia, who's in that 10% range. I did see Steven's numbers on uh, Sergio, and uh, he is at about 10%. So those are the those are pretty much all the 8K guys I like. I'm not mm-hmm. playing Ricky Fowler or Jordan Spieth. 
never do not yeah, not I was doing it. Say, my poor grandma. If only she knew you um, and what <laughs> you would do to her favorite golfer. I'm sure she'd be a little disappointed. Um, so uh, again, it's going to be a very you know as, as we speak about occasionally. Sometimes it's stars and scrubs. Sometimes it's a very balanced lineup. It sounds like this is going to be a lot more balanced. Might be a couple guys in that 7K range though. And I know we have a secret weapon. We're not, obviously not going to tell you. Don't be ridiculous. But it'll be in the <laughs> Discord again. Hang out with us in the Wind Daily Discord. All you have to do is at Sia and say, Hey Sia, what's your what's your secret weapon because he's three for three so far um on cuts and i think all three have finished in the top 20 right yeah like that. yeah it was so shank are- last week it was warski excuse me warensky warensky the week before and i believe it was shez revy mm-hmm. those are the last three weeks yes. i might get and- i might have the order wrong but they've yeah. like been awesome They've all been awesome. Sia's been making money. And uh, our, our good friend, Steven, loves Sia and his secret weapon picks. So <laughs> I, I always find it very funny. Um, but okay, cool. So let, let's hop down to that 7K range. What are we looking at there? And again, how many how many of these guys and what kind of shares are we looking at? So yeah, th- this is the range where you're going to probably make a difference in your fantasy lineup. This is where you really got to pick right. And it's just a really difficult range. I actually like Matt Kuchar a little bit. He's he's pretty low owned. He's looking at like six, 7%, which I like. If we go down, I mean, Kevin Na is a risk. I- I'm not really going to be taking that risk. But if we go down to 7,400, I like Joaquin Neiman. Good iron player, long off the tee. You don't necessarily, I mean, he's not like Bryson long. You don't need to be super long, but he, he checks a lot of the boxes. He can have some accuracy issues at times, but I like Joaquin Neiman at 7,400. He's tracking at about 10, 12%. I like Ian Poulter too. Um, Ian Poulter typically picks up a lot of strokes putting, at least lately he has. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily a metric I, I'm in love with. But first of all, I, I should mention, this is this is a track that's going to be probably windy this weekend. So Poulter is a guy who's good in wind. He's a guy that can hang with the big boys he has in the past. So at 7,400, I actually like him quite a bit. And then rounding out the 7K range, I'll, I'll give a shout out to my guy Max Homa, but honestly, the guy I really like that's that's right around five percent is Danny Willett. Okay, and I gotta ask, what like how does someone be good and win? Like how how is a particular like what is a golfer doing to be better than the other golfers and win? Because like oh well, a lot of it is ex- make any sense. Yeah. Well, a lot of it is experience in wind. So a lot of these players from Europe, for example, play in the wind all the time. And they're just, you know, they they have a lot of rounds with wind where you can actually like read the stats and be like, okay, I have enough of a sample size to to say like, so there's a lot of these players where you're not necessarily sure whether they're good in wind or not, because maybe you don't have the best sample size because not like there's some courses where it's easier to play in wind. There's some courses where it's, it's, you know, harder to play in wind. There's some courses where it's super windy with gusts of like 25 to 30. And sometimes it's like, you know, 10 to 15 miles an hour. So I think we're looking at 10 to 15 miles per hour sort of sustained throughout this entire tournament. So, and a lot of rain too here and there. So we're going to have some interruptions, which is going to be frustrating for betting and, and DFS, but um, yeah, there, there are some guys that definitely are good and win. And by the way, Max Home is one of them. He's he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven and I were talking about that before the show. Uh, he's pretty good in win too. So Ian Poulter and Max Home in that low seven K range, I, I like quite a bit. Yes, Stephen has a section in his article called "Weather Related," um, and he puts in Max Homa and Shane Lowry down there, which I just think is pretty funny. So uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, we got yeah, some Shane good shit over here, guy. man. We got some good shit over here at Wind Daily Sports. And so let's uh, let's go down. I mean, we're going down to the six K range, as you said. It's a pretty stacked field up at the top. So you, unless you're taking three of those nine K guys, you probably aren't going to really have to dip too, too deep into that six K range, unless you want to look really smart in front of your friends and beat them <laughs> on a head to head because Sia gave you a very incredible secret weapon, which of course we're not going to tell you here again, but talk to me about the six K <laughs> range. Who are some of these uh, punt plays that, that you're liking a little bit? 
Yeah, and they're not. A lot of them aren't. Won't really be considered punts because they're like legitimate guys. Mm-hmm. And, and one of one of those is uh, Kevin Streelman. Uh, he's been very good lately. He's good with his irons. He's sixty nine hundred. He's under ten percent owned. Uh, a lot of these six K guys are going to be under ten yeah. percent owned, if not under five percent owned. So I like him. Uh, Christian Bezedenhut uh, at sixty eight hundred. I like quite a bit. Shez Reby at sixty seven hundred. He's he's been great. Good iron player, not super long, doesn't necessarily need to be super long. Problem with him, he's getting a little chalky, but that's okay. You can be chalky at places. Don't, you know, don't avoid all the chalk, just avoid some chalk. That's sort of how this how this works. Especially if, you know, there's a difference between obviously the Millie Maker and, you know, a three max. I'll tell you, Antonio's article lays out. I mean, our articles aren't just like picks. Like it's like mm-hmm. so crazy. He actually not only singled out players, I think it was Antonio. I hope I'm not uh, mm. uh, misrepresenting this. It was one of our it writers. Patrick. It was Patrick. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Patrick. That's right. Okay. I'm sure both so, of them are totally okay with it. Don't worry. Yeah. So so Patrick actually like parsed it out where it's like, if you're playing a cash game, if you're playing a GPP, if it's a 20 max, if mm-hmm. it's a milli maker, if it's a three max, if it's a single entry. And he gave players for every single sort of, you know, type of tournament, uh, cash versus GPP and every type of GPP. So that's like astounding. I mean, it's just, that's not what you see in other sites. I, I know because I've been there. So not only do we have articles like mine, which just have, you know, picks at each range or Antonio's. It, it, we also have Stevens, which has like a model that's more sophisticated than most ownership models. But then we have other guys like Patrick and Isaiah, Isaiah like breaking down and Joel now breaking down like, you know, different ways to attack different tournaments and cash games, which is pretty impressive. But yes, I digress. Let's go Wait, down. I do, this- do want to hop ahead. on that point for one second. Of course, mm-hmm. we love all our writers. And yes, Joel, we have a new writer here at Windelli Sports who literally specializes in showdown slates. So you can be on the lookout for the Friday, Saturday and Sunday showdown slates. Our buddy Joel over here uh, at Draft Master Flex. What the hell is up? Let's go. You can follow him <laughs> over there on, on the Twitters. Make sure to hang out with him in Discord but he will be putting out showdown slate articles and Joel poor gentleman um, only won 50k two weeks in a row when he could have had 150k in one of the weeks so he knows what he's doing he puts out some really great content we're really glad to have him here over on the team too so you get your you get your entire tournament but then we're breaking it down day by day too now so we're very excited about that so I digress please see ya so, you know, the 6K, like, so if we go below Shez Reeby, you know, I, I personally, you know, don't like a ton of guys here. But if we go in the low 6K range, I think Keegan Bradley is worth taking a shot at. I kind of like Tom Lewis at 6,200. My secret weapon might be sort of in this range. So get into Discord for that. And then I'll just round it out with uh, Nick Taylor at 6,100. I think a, a lot of us uh, on the team like Nick Taylor. Um, Steven's one of them. And I'll tell you, we do a cheat sheet at Windaily and we, you know, we post it on, you know, you know, the windailysports.com website. So I'll just give some picks there. So in the 6K range, you know, as a team, we like Nick Taylor, Streelman and uh, Mackenzie Hughes showed up on, on some of the models as well. So that, that's another guy to consider in that 6K range. But that's that's pretty much it. That rounds out a lot of the guys that we like. Again, that cheat sheet is up there and it, it actually isolates every single person that the writers like from a 10K, 9K, 8K and so on in a cash and a GPP and a fade. So um, I'll tell you some of the fades, uh, you know, some of these are, I guess, somewhat obvious. Mine certainly is obvious. A couple of us faded DJ Fleetwood is another fade Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. Those are the, that's the group of fades on our cheat mm-hmm. sheet, which again is on windellysports.com. Yes. Everybody put uh, Dustin Johnson in your lineup and cry after he takes himself out after a terrible round one. So that's always fun. <laughs> so this uh, that is fantastic. And we appreciate the highlight of UCF for giving us some of the DFS uh, stuff for golf. But come on, man, you know why we're here. 
you know exactly yeah. why we're here. No, let's, I hear let's you, talk, man. Let's talk about these bets a little bit. As we all know, see it doesn't see it doesn't even give a shit about anything that's not at least 30, 35 to one. So who are some of our long shots? I mean, last week we had Wierenski. We were sweating that all the way till Sunday. I think you started hedging out, so hopefully you made a couple bucks still on, on that. Um, so talk to me, man. Who who are we looking at this week for some of our long shots? So, you know, if I was going to take a 30-to-1 shot or lower, if I was going to, it would probably be Morikawa, and he's looking mm-hmm. at about 25-to-1. You can catch him at 30-to-1 depending on what, what market mm-hmm. you're in. But if we're going to go longer, um, I like Gary Woodland at 40-to-1. I like Abraham answer at 50 to one and I'll, I'll finish it with, you know, I gotta, I gotta find the 80 to one, but, but so Sergio goes, Sergio Garcia at 60 to one. And then the 80 to one shot, I'm going to go Joaquin Neiman at 80 to one. I also like Joaquin as a first round leader, by the way, Joaquin and Sergio are going to be my first round leader plays. And those are long odds. So enjoy. Yes. Yes. Let's all enjoy. Uh, hopefully, you know, as, as you did last week, you forgot to have the uh, first round leader on the Wierenski, uh, but you still had the opportunity going into Sunday, which most of Sunday, which was pretty fun. So yeah, that is a lot of golf talk. I hope everybody enjoyed the heck out of that. You can then check this out, obviously, in the podcast form that comes out a little bit later tonight. But now we are going to roll along onto some NFL. As everybody knows, C and I have to talk about football pretty much anytime we talk to each other. That includes text messages. So some of those text messages, get weird um considering we're talking about one thing and all of a sudden somebody just says well what about rg3 so bing bang boom let's get it done um uh thank you thank you thank you uh so i point uh to me i will take the checkmate today so one thing that uh, has happened recently we had the nfl with their training camps coming up and we're starting to see all the players that have opted out due to covid and of course to each his own of course certain people uh, i know the giants uh, nate solder he opted out. I think his uh, son or his daughter, I can't remember, his child has a uh, medical um, unfortunate need. You know, it's just a, it's just an unfortunate nature with his kid and it's super high risk. So he said it's not really worth it for him to play at all. Don't want to sound inconsiderate. I, I totally respect his decision. I respect all their decisions, but he's been so bad for the Giants that, okay, we'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> but uh, moving on, there's just been some interesting ones and I, and I appreciate the heck out of UCF for filling a lot of this out. There have been six Patriots that have come out and said they do not want to play. Uh, one of which is Dante Hightower. I thought that one was pretty impre- uh, interesting. Patrick Chung as well. Um, so a couple of these dudes on the defense, I think they're starting right tackle, if I'm not mistaken, also mm-hmm. opted out. So they've had some pretty important pieces on their team opt out. How do you think this affects any of our bets, Sia? How do you, how do you, do you, do you still believe in the Pats or is this really kind of the straw that broke the camel's back six times? No, it's not six times. Yeah, I mean the Patrick. I mean the Hightower news was was big, and then the Patrick Chung news was even bigger. So obviously they've got a host of guys that are gone. But you know they're fortunately in the right division, and they have the right coach to maybe manage this. You know I'm feeling a little bad about my. You know as soon as Cam signed. I ran and bet the Patriots, you know, I think it was minus 130 at the time. And I thought I was getting a great number, but now, you know, they're like plus 110 to win the division or excuse me, they're plus 120 and the bills are actually now favored at plus 110. So yeah, I think this is a really big problem, obviously, because, you know, I don't think people really appreciate the fact that the Patriots really leaned on their defense uh, at the beginning of last year in particular. And part of the reason they had to do that is because Tom Brady wasn't very good. And I don't know that Cam Newton's going to be much better than Tom Brady in terms of just, you know, 
getting the ball downfield. So it's going to be a problem. I, you know, this all comes down to, in terms of them winning the division, it all comes down to whether Josh Allen is is good or not. And if that Bills defense is as dominant as it was last year, if that's the case, they're not winning the AFC East. But honestly, I don't feel too bad about my bet even now. Um, obviously, I feel bad because I didn't get the plus 120. Instead, you know, I got the minus 130. But this is Bill Belichick. And, and I just... I just refuse to believe that he's the type of guy. And by the way, these guys opting out, I believe that frees up like cap money and and and, and things of that nature. So if anybody's going to figure out a way to like make this thing go, it's going to be Bill Belichick and his brain trust. So no, I, I you know I'll tell you what I like the Dolphins at eight to one to win the AFC East. I don't. What I'm saying is I like that as a bet. Mm-hmm. Because I, I'm just not on the Bills. I'm just not. I'm not believing in the Bills, particularly at the quarterback position. And if somehow the Patriots just ma- you know don't manage to you know make their way back, I actually think the Dolphins are the third best team, especially after what they did in the draft and the, the new culture there. Um, some trades, you know. I, I just really like the Dolphins. I think eight to one is a decent number to put you know forty bucks down on or something. Exactly. You know, have, have a little bit of fun. I do think the Patriots are going to be completely fine. I, I know they're mm-hmm. losing some guys. Dante Hightower is more of a um, locker room leader. Uh, you know, statistically, he doesn't show up as much on the stat sheet now. You know, he's going into his age 30, 31 season, something like that. So he's a little bit older. Patrick Chung, I mean, should be suspended anyway because dude gets busted with coke like every other day it feels like in an airport so i don't really know why the hell he's still allowed on the field but hey maybe i'm just maybe that's just me i don't know um but yeah i think the patriots are fine i think yeah now if i was you i would just take some more money and put it on it at plus 120 because i think they're still going to come out ahead i still think they're smarter and better coat more well coached and bill belichick does something with nothing that's what we always see the browns will pick someone in the first round they'll bust out he'll pick them up for like a year for no money and they'll be fantastic uh and then they'll go back to the browns and be terrible again so we'll we'll see what happens so i'm i'm pretty confident now granted their linebacking core is going to be depleted obviously dante hightower is not there and they lost kyle van noy over to the dolphins so it's going to be difficult but yeah they they lost some guys to the Detroit Lions too. You know those former coaches always pick off guys. So I mean they they really are going to have to figure something out because it's just it's not the same defense. I mean it's not even close to the same defense yeah. as last year. Yeah, it's definitely it's going to be interesting. But uh, if there's one team that I'm I'm confident in, unfortunately, it is the Patriots. Um, so another I think the biggest of the news so far has been it it only broke probably about an hour and 20 minutes two hours ago maybe i I don't really even know anymore damian williams of the super bowl winning kansas city chiefs as joe buck notably said of course we all know him as playoff damian uh he has um taken his self out of the nfl season coming up and that's been a argument i mean maybe not an argument a friendly argument over here uh at wind daily sports some people really like damian i know you're a much bigger fan of Clyde Edwards Hilaire um now you have to be right I mean if he's he's the starting running back I mean I know we have Darwin Thompson there and I think maybe like Spencer Ware is still on that team from like 15 years ago uh maybe they bring back Shady I find that hard to believe but it's it's Clyde Edwards yeah it's CEH's world and we're all just living in it at this point yeah, so just to be clear, I, I didn't like CEH. I mean, I was I was all on the Damian Williams train in terms of like taking Damian Williams, you know, three rounds or four rounds after you take CEH. So obviously that that goes up in smoke because he's the only guy. And by the way, it's not going to be Spencer where they got DeAndre Washington on that team. He's actually pretty good. I mean, he could be that guy that sort of spells mm-hmm. CEH, but man, talk about a perfect situation. I mean, this guy, you know, in all the all the sort of Damian Williams truthers like myself, you know, we don't even get to 
see this unfold, yep. you know, because I really think I, I, I genuinely thought I was right that that CEH a isn't as good as people think he is. And it's sort of like a it's almost like a mirage because of what LSU was doing in the space mm -hmm. he was working in. So I don't really get to see him sort of getting stuffed and then Damian Williams coming in and scampering for, you know, 12 yards of carry. So that's unfortunate. But I got to say, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is he's easily a top 10 pick. In any wow. format you're in, he is easily a top 10 pick. And I it would not shock me if people take him, you know, five overall. It just wouldn't shock me, uh, particularly in a standard league. I just I, I I don't, you know, I wouldn't do that. There's plenty of guys, and you know, we we have the running back rankings here in front of us, but there's plenty of other guys that I would like to uh draft in front of him at five, six, seven, eight, probably. But yeah, it's a thing now. Yeah, I mean, he was going what probably late second ish round and then Damian Williams was going two or three rounds later in most situations now. Yeah. I mean, it's his backfield. He catches the ball as we saw what he did in LSU. He's going to run the ball that he's going to get the opportunities in that high flying offense. It's, it's, it's kind of a perfect situation for him. And yeah, it's, it's unfortunate because I wanted to see you and Nick. It's Nick who likes, um, well, Nick mm -hmm. just likes the offense. Um, right. Who the hell over here likes Clyde Edwards Lair? I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But it would have been a fun argument to watch unfold. And now we don't even get to see it, which is a little disappointing. But still pretty uh, still pretty interesting. And I don't know. And, oh, you actually make a really good point. Devontae Freeman. Huh. Right. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Yeah, he's still out there. He said he's not going to play unless he gets his money. Um, so we'll see if the Chiefs are willing to give it to him. But, I mean, if the dude wants a ring, like what better place to go to than split time with uh, – Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That doesn't sound too bad. You're you're incredible. Exactly. You know that? You're incredible. <laughs> Thank you. And and by the way, maybe he maybe he signs a one-year deal and then tries to parlay that into a two-year deal next year because he's flying in space this year on, on Kansas City. So I mean, you never I mean, you just if you're a running back, you can't take anything for granted. He either wants to play or he doesn't. Nobody's gonna throw, you know, six million dollars a year at this guy. It's just not a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah, I mean, he's made some solid money too. I mean, as mm -hmm. a uh, later round pick, and then he made the Falcons re up him a couple years too early. So he got a couple bucks. So I don't feel too too bad for him. But I agree. Take some money, get your ring, man. Then go get paid. I think that would be kind of fun. So very good point there, uh, Devin Funches. Um, I guess that's news. He uh, is bad. <laughs> I don't think i honestly didn't even see this until you put it in the notes i had absolutely no idea because bleacher report and espn didn't say oh watch out Devin funches isn't playing so i mean Devonte adams was the man he was always going to be the man he'll forever be the man there in green bay uh but i guess as like a wide receiver two spot ish two and a half spot opens up i guess i, I don't know what do you i mean you so the, there's there's several reasons why this is important and none of them have to do with Devin Funchess and him being a talent on the field. I mean, what what you what you just said about him is sort of a microcosm of his career. And again, I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. Like he made the NFL, good for him. He had one or two good years. But he could like, beat me up. I'll, I'll say that. I'll go out on a limb. He could beat the shit out of me if he wanted. There, he, you're, sure. you're good to you. Don't worry. Sure, why not? But but the point is, is like. You said, like, I guess this is news, but to me, the only reason it's news is because it just puts more of a focal point on Devontae Adams. You know, from a prop standpoint, we were super big on Devontae. I, I, in particular, was super big on Devontae Adams. I think you can make an argument to draft him, like, sixth or seventh overall. I'm probably not going that high, but I, th I think he's a, the first receiver that should be drafted off the board. I mean, I, I genuinely think he'll have a better season than Michael Thomas, particularly with with regard to if you actually analyze their um, mm -hmm. the length of their routes. I mean, I just yeah. think Devontae Adams is going to have a field day every week if he plays 14 15 16 games he's going to be a lock button first round pick so the, the the bigger question though is do they bring other receivers in or do they wait for cut day and bring some veterans in you know from other teams 
Um, is Alan, does Alan Lazard play a bigger role? But I mean, I think this is kind of more news for Devontae Adams than it is for anybody else. Yeah, that's that is a pretty good point. I mean, targets have to go somewhere. Um, and if somebody else is on the field, they might go to them. Now, yeah, we have Alan Lazard. Um, Geronimo Allison's not there anymore. Uh, St. Brown, right? Uh, or Marquez uh, St. Valdez, whatever the hell that guy's name is. Everyone always takes him every year and he ends up just being hurt. So that never matters. But it's interesting. It's definitely uh, it's definitely interesting. And we'll see what happens. I, I do agree with you. I think they'll pick up some other wide receiver. Um, another, an interesting, a very funny one. And I, I say funny uh, because it's the Eagles. Marquise Goodwin traded from the 49ers to the Eagles during the draft, I think maybe for like a fifth round pick. I can't remember exactly what it was for, but they traded him. Um, so he decided to sit out for COVID. I think again, something with his family members and again, totally respect it. Totally understand what you're doing. You got to look out for you and yours, of course. Um, so now we have, I mean, now the Eagles are back down to a kind of shortened wide receiver core. Alshon Jeffries probably, you know, he's going to open up on pup. If he even plays at all, honestly, I think, I think it would be hysterical if he just sat out just for fun. Um, we have J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who they drafted in the second round of last year. We have Jalen Rager, who they have in the first round of this year. Um, yeah, and then I think they grabbed a couple more wide receivers this year, but again, kind of back down to a bunch of nobodies, and I friggin' love it. Every week I come on and I we talk about the Eagles when we're talking about the NFL, and it's always the same thing. I always say the same thing. The vibes, they're just not there with the Eagles. Like, you know, a right tackle blows out his knee or a right guard blows out his knee. Deshaun Jackson says something anti-Semitic. Alshon Jeffrey looks like he's going to start the season on pup. You know, there's like it's one thing after another. And again, boom, this week we got another one. I was I was on Sirius XM with Jason on Sunday fantasy sports channel check it out 11 to 1 saturdays and sundays and i was like we have that stock up stock down section uh part of the show and my stock up was jalen rieger and jjr sega whiteside before this news broke of course and i was like who the hell is this gifted carson wentz gifted i say sort of like okay is he really but who's he throwing to besides his tight ends like jeffrey's probably going to start on pup and he's 31 and he's getting old and he's always injured deshaun jackson's about to be 33 and he's like a gimmicky guy at this point he's not a target monster by any means the other guy they have is greg ward he's not a physical specimen at all he runs like a his 40 time is probably slower than clyde edwards hilaire which is by the way laughably slow compared mm-hmm. to other running backs so but my, my point is they don't have anybody else to go to other than their rookie and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who, by the way, was injured last year, but is a very big target. Mm-hmm. And we know Carson Wentz likes to throw to big targets like Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Like, so I think Arcega-Whiteside and Rieger are, are, are guys, you know, you really need, you can, can probably really count on in DFS in particular early before everybody sort of realizes it. And maybe in your year-long leagues, late in your drafts. I mean, Rieger's going to go at, you know, you know, probably yeah. a middle round, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside's a, a, a really solid play uh, late in your in your uh, year-long drafts. He definitely has the opportunity, as you said. He was hurt all last year, but all Eagles wide receivers were hurt all last year, as, as we know. And, you know, what Carson Wentz did last year was absolutely incredible. Let's see if he can get a couple, you know, just maybe a season with some healthy uh, wide receivers at this point. And yes, Arcega-Whiteside had a fantastic college career at Stanford, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, you know, hopefully uh, those smart dudes can figure it out and he can be just fine over there as well. Um, and that's pretty much it for the big... Um, the big news on who dropped out. I think there may be a couple more. There's some nose tackles who, of course, we know are very important to a defense. You know, if you know anything about football, you take a nose tackle out, things get weird because you can start running the ball. I think the Bears and the Titans, uh, both their nose tackles. But again, they're nose tackles, so I don't know their names. And 
we're not going to talk about it on a fantasy show. It's just maybe, hey, if you're playing DFS, maybe some running backs against those defenses, but we can figure that out moving forward. Um, one interesting piece of news, uh, Joey Bosa signed a ridiculous contract, five for 135 with $102 million guaranteed. Um, so kudos to Miles Garrett for having the richest contract in the end, on defensive end. On the defensive side of the NFL, for a total, I think Adam Schefter said, of 13 days. Um <laughs> One thing I will say about this is at least Bosa deserved it. I, I don't think Miles Garrett deserved nearly that much money. And I actually think the Chargers are probably pretty pissed because Garrett got all that money. So they had to pay Bosa some more. Yeah. But how, how do you feel about just uh, um, Joey Bosa and that contract? I mean, they got Justin Herbert, whether you like it or not, he's on a rookie contract. So that definitely helps. So, you know, the next four or five years, you're going to see Bosa over there getting paid. Um, so, I mean, if there was a time to do it, it'd be now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Lock lock it in now. And, you know, in a couple of years, you know, who knows what's happening with COVID, but yeah. the salary cap's going to go up and these defensive ends are going to command way more than than Bosa is getting right now, which is why the Chiefs locked in Mahomes. Like there's reasons to to do these rework these contracts right now. I mean, the, the Chargers defense is really legit. I don't I don't really think people pay attention to the Chargers much because in the AFC West, you've got sexier teams with Kansas City mm-hmm. and Denver with their receiving core now. But the Chargers defense is really good when healthy, and they got all the guys healthy right now. So this is a formidable team. I, you know, I've always said it. If they had done something different at quarterback, like brought in Jameis instead of who they have right now, I think they'd be in really good shape. They still could have drafted Herbert, but they'd have a better arm talent at quarterback complemented with that defense, the receivers and the tight end they have, and Austin Eckler in the backfield. Um, this team is going to compete this year. I just think they could have done a better job. Yeah, I think I think team. they'll be I think they'll be competitive. Um, and mm-hmm. the difference I mean there is I think they'll be competitive and probably win like five games. Uh, so it's just kind of unfortunate. I agree with you. They have pretty bad quarterback play. Austin Eckler's a solid running back. You know, I'm not going to put him in the top ten, um, but I think he's a good dude. And my dad's a Chargers fan, so I've always had a sweet spot for the Chargers. And it's always funny they're kind of a one year off, one year on team. So last year was their year off. So I don't know, man. This is uh, if if we're if we're playing trends. I don't know what the over-under is, but maybe you want to bet it because it's probably pretty damn low, but maybe you want to bet it. I don't know. It's definitely something of uh, of note, but I, I agree with you. They could have been so good or they could have been better than whatever the frig they're going to be this year, and it's a little disappointing. But if there's yeah. a year to be bad, well, maybe it's this one. I don't know. We're seeing that in baseball now. If there's a year to be well, injured, it's the 60-game season. That's funny. I, I'll tell you what. I think Tyrod, and you know, I've, I'm not the one coming up with this. There have been plenty of people that have beat me to the punch here, but I think Tyrod is sneaky good in fantasy. If you're in a two QB league and he's your second quarterback, I think that's a solid play. He's going to do some stuff with his feet. A lot of dump offs to Eckler. He's got good receivers, like I said, a good tight end. So, you know, I don't like Tyrod because of what he he to me. He looks at his first read and then he starts panicking and then he starts like scrambling around. And I just I hate that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but I still think he's going to rack up some fantasy points. So in DFS and in year long fantasy, I don't think it's a terrible play. I'll give credit to my friend. Uh, Seth, who who kind of gave me some info on that. There have been a bunch of podcasts that I've listened to that have mentioned Tyrod Taylor. So, sneaky play. Well, you, his name is Seth because that's his name, right? We'll call him Seth because... So, we'll call him Seth Marks because... That's his name. That's his name. Um, So I do like that. And uh, we spoke about it a couple weeks ago. Raheem Mostert wanted to a new contract. uh, And I guess it was kind of an empty threat because all they did was kind of just allow him to get some incentives. So that's kind of nice. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? It's like there's no way... He carries the value to like up. I mean, he's a good running back, but like, you know what Shanahan does with his running back. So it's not like he's going to be like, oh, darn, like we're in trouble now. So 
you know, throw them a few incentives in like a, like a bag of Skittles and call it a day, you know, as what are you going to do? I love it. I love it. And Zach's chiming in RG3 to the Chargers. Zach, you missed it. I already brought up RG3, buddy. Sorry. Uh, so, maybe next time. Zach, thank you for bringing up RG3 again. That's the third time I've said I'm RG3. Um, I'll tell you what, you know, we're getting we're getting some momentum here. And, and I think we're on such a consecutive like RG3 mention streak. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we get this really going, we might be able to get him on the show. Ooh. And I'll just like, we'll like cut a piece of this and I'll just like uh-huh. kind of post it. And I'll tag him. And I'll be like, dude, we keep mentioning you. Come on the show and we'll, you know, we'll donate to a charity of your choice. You can talk about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be football. Maybe you want to talk about a charity or a cause that you want, you know, boom, get him on the show for five minutes. And mm-hmm. the RG3 mentions finally pay off. Yes. For me, uh, at least. Well- Honestly, they've paid off for me this whole time. Brings a smile to my face every time I beat you. And and it brings emotion to me when I lose. Um, and emotions are good as a human being. We want to feel emotions, especially when we're all stuck inside. Zach, if you don't mind actually adding RG3 right here, uh, right now, I think it would be really appreciative. Maybe he pops in. Maybe he says, hey, what are these guys? Why are they so good looking? Their hair, their mustache, the, com- the combination of the two of them. I mean, maybe, maybe it's something for RG3. Maybe he's about it. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. You but. never know until you try. That's 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 it's the always thing. Worth it. It's always worth it. So, uh, Sia, this was absolutely fantastic. Only once a week for right now. But as I said, we're in the contract negotiations. Um, kind of empty contract negotiations because I'm confident neither of us are going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, but contract negotiations nonetheless so we're trying to figure out what we're going to do for a second show we're thinking maybe betting specific which would be kind of fun as we know sia loves betting the nfl we love talking about over-unders and all these player props of course and um i don't know maybe we can be like al michaels and and just start you know ruining things like you know zach's gonna make a line how many times is rg3 gonna be said one of us is gonna figure it out we're gonna bet the shit out of it and kind of just ruin that so that i think that'll be a lot of fun but uh sia appreciate the hell out of you as always where can everybody find you on twitter at Sianajad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. Yeah, we actually, we didn't piss off any fan bases today. Do you want to say something scandalous well, about like Philadelphia, I, Buffalo, something like that? I don't know. I did mention, not so cavalierly, that I don't believe in the Buffalo Bills quarterback. I mean, that's something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, say that every week, though. It's practically like we say RG3. You might as well just add that to the total list, too. It's like, yeah, how, many, how many times every, like, how many shows in a row to see it slander Josh Allen? Um, I think it's oh, almost more. I, I slandered Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I don't think he's very good, but he's going to yeah. have amazing fantasy numbers. I was going to say, but yeah, that's the same thing you say about Josh Allen, actually. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. So, Chiefs fans. I said, I said Deshaun Jackson's anti Semitic. Uh, Deshaun Jackson said he was anti-Semitic, so that's really not going out on a limb there, buddy. Uh, yes, uh, Chiefs fans, that is at Sianjad. Uh Eagles fans, you can come at me. I would love, love, love if you did that because, man, I would have a field day at Michael Raziel one Make sure, of course, to follow us at Win Daily Sports. Hop over to WinDailySports.com. You can get all of our articles. You can get all of our projection models, those cheat sheets that CIA was talking about. We have them for every sport. We're crushing mm-hmm. it at MLB right now. We got bets going on. We have our house handicapper. It's still free right now, so you can get all his bets for free. It's really impressive what that dude's able to do with his brain in terms of we're betting units and how units work. And I clearly had no idea what I was doing and I'm learning a lot, which is very important. We love the education factor too. And 20 bucks a month, you get it all, man. You get it all. So thank you to everybody. And uh, thanks to Zach for, for bringing up RG3 as well. We always appreciate him. And at RG3, come on the pod. We'll see what happens. So hopefully everybody makes it a very, what? No, I'm just going to say, I'm going to do like an orchestrated plea next week to RG3. So like we're going to have something set up or like really to present to him. 
Okay, All cool. Right. We can we can actually do a screen share, so uh, that'll be perfect. We can do like a slideshow and everything. So uh, well, everybody, we hope you make it a very profitable night. <laughs>